Hey, good afternoon. Uh, bonjour, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. It's nice to be with you all. Uh, I can see all your beautiful faces there. And uh, thank you, John, for asking me to be your pinch hitter today. And the topic is uh, doing the step four inventories. And so I'm going to share my experience with doing inventories. I'm in the middle of doing one right now. So this is a very timely topic. It's fresh on the brain. And um, so um, there's a couple ways that I learned how to do the, um, the, the step four inventories. I learned the first time through the big old book, right? How to do it with the columns. You know, who do I resent? What's the cause? What is my part in it? What part of self was affected? And, you know, what should I do? And then uh, I learned a, a, a faster way. This one here, back to basics with it, Wally Patton. And uh, I've done these with um, me and my sponsor, a couple other guys will bring two or three new guys up to the chalet for a weekend of skiing and, and big books. So we'll ski and we'll do this. And so we get them, you know, to step eight over the weekend. And, and you end up just doing on a big old piece of paper like that, right? So this one here, I found this one inside the book, September, 2019, you know? So the first column says who or what? So it can be a person or an institution like the police or the tax people or the Americans or whoever, whoever they're voting for it says, and I got to write the cause. So I write just a few words, you know, what the cause is. I don't write a, don't write a book about the cause. This is something that I talk to my pacemaker, pace setter, <laughs> pace setter. Okay. And then if I had a part to do in that resentment, then I'll write down what my part, I was a bad employee and my manager retaliated and, and you know, put me on a performance improvement plan that led to me being fired. So, you know, because I was, I didn't do my job properly. They did that, but I still resented them for doing it because I didn't think I was that bad of a guy. And then it, the resentment, you know, what part of myself was, uh, was affected and the, the self has uh, six parts to it, according to this one, my, the social part of, of myself, the, um, the sex relations part of myself, uh, my pocketbook, right? Um, my uh, ambitions, my pride, how I think of myself, and, you know, it's okay to be proud of myself. You know, you did a good job, Normie. But if I go around saying, yeah, I'm the best at all this, I'm number one, you know, uh, an exaggerated sense of self is called false pride. And that's, that's what gets me in trouble. Well, a lot of things get me in trouble, but that's just one on the list. And then uh, did this affect my self-esteem, how I view myself compared to others? And then again, the last one is security. You know, the roof over my head, you know, all that type of security to keep me, keep me alive and well. That's my computer phone. I'm going to hang up on those guys. Likely spam. Usually when they call, I, I, uh, I have fun with them, this cameras, but I'm not going to do that today.
we're having fun here. So, so that's the two types, right? The big book, the back to basics. And then there's this new one that I'm learning. It's the life lab one. And it's the same, but it's different and it's good. So, um, and uh, I'm lucky to have John as my uh, pace setter or sponsor. And uh, so I brought, I brought one today to help, uh, help describe what, the, what it's like. So this is the resentment inventory. And at the top, it says, I am resentful at, and I wrote uh, three times sponsees. I'm resentful at three of these guys. And uh, the cause of the resentment is while we were working together to do this process of the 12 steps, they stopped. And my resentment, uh, I boiled it down. Me and John boiled it down to, was a bad investment of my time. So bad ROI, return on investment. I wasn't getting back what I expected, you know, which is they're going to recover and they're going to help other people. And I get to read the big book with them. And, and I like doing that. So um, then underneath it, it says, this affects my self-esteem, pride, ambition, security, personal relations, sex relations, pocketbook, like I just said. So under self-esteem, it says here, how do I see or how I see or feel about myself? You know, what's the role that I've assigned myself? So um, I said, you know, I'm me. I'm the best sponsor there is. That's the role. I, I'm pretty good at this. And um, so, and then down the next one is the pride part, the relationship part. Well, how I think others see me or feel about me, the role that I've assigned to others, you know, others should or nobody should or others. So, you know, I want others to see me as a big book guy, you know, a big book thumper and, uh, and no one should waste my time. Right. And then I'm, I'm like, mm, no one's going to want to see Norm if these guys keep slipping. Because they're going to say, yeah, Norm's guys don't recover. Don't go see him. This is me in my head writing this down. The next one is ambition, which is my expectations. What do I want to happen here, right, with regarding to this resentment with these guys? You know, well, I, I want my men to be successful. And I want them to recover. And then... I want them to go and help others because it's good. That's the way it's supposed to work. And then uh, security, what I need here is under security. It says what I need here to be okay. So I need to keep working with other men to be okay. That's, that's what I need. I've been doing this for, I don't know, 11 or 12 years now one after another and i'm okay but i get this recently i'm a little resentful because three of my guys eh, two of them went out and one of them just slowed down but it, anyway so that's security under personal relationships it, there's a description here it says my deep-seated beliefs of how this relationship is supposed to look, how this relationship with my sponsee men is supposed to look, or paces, as we say here. So, um, look, you know, like good, good 
sponsees do the work and show up on time and go through the process and say what they're going to do, what they say they're going to do. We, I mean, we wrote a contract. Yeah, we have a contract signed and dated. You know, what you're going to do, and what I'm going to do. And, you know, this, um, this does affect my personal relationship. It takes time away from my, my life and my time with my family. And I'm investing my time. And being a, a, pace, a, a pace setter, is, uh, it's inconvenient. I mean, service is, service is supposed to be inconvenient, right? And that's fine. Um, so now, you know, then the next one is sex relations. And when that's kind of a different way I think of this now. So I just read what it writes here and then I follow it. So my deep seated beliefs of how a real man or woman are supposed to be, you know, like real men are plan and organized and direct and control. You know, we're disciplined. And disciplined to do what needs to be done, right? And then the last one here, pocketbook. So these are my belief systems. You know, the cost of my resentment. What does this do? Well, the cost of this resentment, it's taking emotional energy out of me, right? I'm, I'm not getting my return on investment. And, uh, and while I'm investing in these guys, other men who really need it might really want it and right might really need it i'm not talking to them because i'm busy because when i've got i don't know two guys on the go i can't take on others because Lori will say no more sponsors until february no more sponsors till february so i'm like okay we're, and and so you know it costs my caring because now you know i invest and invest and i and, and I, I get disappointed, resentful, and then uh, I get a little jaded. Like, like, you know, in wartime, when you start off with your, with your group of guys from basic training, and then over time, they get knocked out, and then they replace them with new guys, the core guys don't want to talk to the new guys because they know they're, they, were not, they might not last. So I'm kind of feeling like whatever that syndrome is called, it's like I'm not that into it right now because of, that's one of the costs of this resentment so there it is oh. and then there, and then there's the fears involved well i'm not going to go through all the fears but then when i flip it over this is where the change happened so this thing the cause of my resentment was no return on investment and then you know the other side says hey norm how are you a bad return on investment with others. And I'm like, me? I'm like, I thought it was about them. No, no, no. It's not about them on this side. But on this side, it's about you, Norm. Where were you a bad investment on others? You know, and it, it spells it out nicely. Where have I been self-seeking? And self-seeking means, you know, I'm only going to do something for you if there's profit in it for me. You know, I'll help you move, but... $50, right? I'm expecting this. So, so here's what I, you know, look around the whole resentment. What did I do? Where, where was I to blame? You know, so my selfish ac actions and activities caused some unrealistic expectations on this, on the sponsee and on the pacey. 
I expect them to recover as others have done, as I've seen it happen. And I also want to look good, right? When I'm in AA, I want to look good. Hey, Norm's the big book guy. He helps, you know, and his guys recover, right? You know, I, I want this reputation. So self-seeking, right? I'm doing this because I want to have a reputation. So, you know, so where did I do this to other, others? Bad ROI? I was a bad employee. I've been fired nine times, you know? And uh, so I was, you know, I got high on the job and I started off really good and then low ambition and then just sort of just rest on my laurels. So, and that's how an example of me being a bad ROI for others, return on investment. So the next one here is selfish, right? What was my selfish thinking while I was doing the above actions, not being a good employee? While I was saying to myself, hey, these employers, they're lucky to have me because I'm a nice guy. You know, I'm happy-go-lucky. And then the next one there, dishonest and dis, 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 dishonest and delusion. You know, what were the lies I was telling myself that resulted in my selfish thinking? You know, and I was, I was delusioned because I thought I could make them recover. I thought I could make them. Like, just do what I tell you and you're going to recover. And, you know, I used to say, oh, I deserve whatever it is I'm getting. I deserve it. And I used to say, you know, oh, it's not a crime if it's not reported. You know, it only matters if I get caught. And, oh, it's not that bad. I'm a nice person, even if uh, I lack these places. So then it talks about fear. And this is the big one. This is the one I really wanted to talk about was fear. And I know I only got a couple of minutes, so I'll finish with fear. Um, so I was afraid that these men wouldn't recover. And I was afraid that I'd be a, a serial failure, right? My, 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 the way I take men through the steps isn't going to work. It's not going to be effective anymore. You know, so my fear created my attitude and my attitude created my behavior. And then that equals the bad return on investment. And uh, my, my fears were being confirmed by, by these men. But I'll tell you, uh, fear has been a wonderful motivator for me. And, you know, fear motivated me to get married the first time because I was afraid of her father because we wanted to live together. So well, let's just get married. I'm 21 years old. Uh, fear got me into AA because I was afraid that my second wife was going to leave because she gave me an ultimatum. So fear got me into AA. And uh, fear motivated me, motivated me to do the steps. I was afraid of relapse because I was doing it on my own and it wasn't working out. And, you know, I was afraid fear motivated me to do the steps to do the homework because I was afraid of disappointing my sponsor, you know, and wasting his time. So yeah, fear is a, a wonderful motivator for me, but uh, I don't have to live in fear anymore. Right. And 
I'm not. I'm not afraid anymore. Fear comes around once in a blue moon. It doesn't last long because I ask for help. I ask God's help. And I call. I call. I call somebody. You know, I don't suffer in silence anymore. And um, so what happens when I do this inventory? The next thing is I'm going to share it with another human being and with God, the exact nature of all my wrongs, everything I've ever done. And I remember my sponsor said to me a long time ago, we're in the middle of a conversation and he interrupted me to say, Norm, you tell your sponsor the things that you cannot tell other people. You tell your sponsor the things that you cannot tell other people. And, and I had been carrying around something for six months. And I told him, I said, uh, Mark, I kicked Lori's little dog across the room. And that was so much guilt and shame, right? The guilt, I did a bad thing. And the shame, <laughs> because I did this bad thing, I'm a bad person. And uh, I said, what, what do I do? What do I do? Should I tell Lori? And he said, no. He says, just don't do it again and be good to that little dog. So I was good to the little dog. And then I did tell Lori later and she forgave me. Um, so what happens is when I lay down all these facts and I look at my side and how I am the same way with other people as they are with me, uh, I get a new understanding of myself. And then I can ask God in six and seven, please remove these defects of character. I don't want to be like, I don't want to live like this anymore, live in fear and have all my actions driven by fear.